The opinions and comments expressed on this podcast are not the official opinions and comments of Prenda. Welcome to the Prenda Family Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Crapo, and the purpose of this podcast is to continue the discussion of the components of empowerment in a conversational, inspirational, and real way. And today we are in for a treat. Bethany Van Vliet is a Prenda guide, a senior lecturer at ASU, and she got her PhD in educational psychology. I met Bethany when she was going through the very beginnings of what we call today the skills course. She went through the evening session with me and was basically jumping out of her seat with excitement as we talked about these skills like empathy and choosing motivation and collaborative problem solving and energizing greatness. She had lots of really great insight to contribute to the conversation. But The one thing she shared that I still remember is that these basic skills of empowerment that we teach are not only applicable and advantageous in a guide-student relationship, but a parent-child relationship or a husband-and-wife relationship. They're good for relationships and life in general. And I agree with that. These skills are leadership skills, and they work for guides and parents and spouses and everyone. So the skill that Bethany and I are going to dive into today is the skill of choosing motivation. Now, when Bethany and I talked about this, she pointed out some finer nuances in intrinsic motivation and extrinsic motivation that, upon first glance, aren't really seen. She pointed out that motivation isn't either only intrinsic or extrinsic, that it isn't either black or white, but that it's a spectrum. And... Knowing that there's in-between parts to, to intrinsic and extrinsic motivation will help us move our students towards intrinsic motivation and will empower us to know how to do that. So without any further ado, Bethany, take it away. Thank you so much for letting me be here. I'm really excited. Um, I'm always jumping out of my seat for, for these topics. So most of us, I think, are aware, have heard of intrinsic motivation and ex- extrinsic motivation. And for those who have it, intrinsic motivation is just doing something for its inherent enjoyment, for our pure curiosity. Uh, We find it fun. We have a passion for it. Um, Extrinsic motivation is doing something for an outcome, whether that's money, uh, screen time, because we don't want to be grounded or stuck in our bedroom. It's something outside of us. And generally speaking, I think most of us know or heard or understand that ideally, we're aiming for an intrinsic motivation. We want that, we want our children to learn for the sake of learning and for enjoyment. We want them to be seeking after knowledge because they love it. We don't want them seeking knowledge because they'll get a grade for it, because they'll get a gold star. And so that intrinsic motivation is really important. That's what we're striving for. And research really supports that. Intrinsic motivation, there's a lot of benefits of it. Students who are intrinsically motivated tend to be more persistent, which we need, right? Uh, They tend to be more creative. They're more flexible in their thinking. They learn at a deeper level. There's less anxiety and depression as they're learning and as they're motivated. And they have higher self-esteem when they're intrinsically motivated. So obviously, we want this. And then on the flip side, when students are extrinsically motivated, we see Um, less desirable consequences. We see that if you reward kids for something that they're already already intrinsically motivated to do, um, 
they can end up not liking that activity anymore. In the study that they did, they had children draw with markers and they looked at how much children drew with markers and then they started giving rewards for drawing with markers. And kids who got the rewards, when they stopped getting rewards, they didn't draw very much anymore, which is really sad, right? How often is that happening to our children that they love something and we inadvertently start giving them stars and they stop loving that? We don't want that. So that's a danger of extrinsic motivation. Um, other things more generally, they're less engaged, less persistent. They're less creative. Their performance quality is less. They, they learn on a, it interferes with learning. It can distract from the reason why we want students to do things because all they know is they're doing it for the star, not the deeper reasons. And they're also, it decreases autonomy and self-regulation, which is the ability to be in control of yourself, to control yourself. Those are important skills. And so when we use extrinsic motivation, those are things that, that are happening. So obviously, I think most people would agree that intrinsic motivation, there's so many benefits there. That's what we're striving for. Bethany, what interesting information you shared about that magic marker experiment. It, it makes me think of another experiment I know of where third and fourth graders were given math games and half of them were given a reward to play the math games and the other half weren't given that reward. And then when the reward was taken away, they measured the interest in those math games. And to coincide right along with what you shared with your magic marker experiment, the students who were given the rewards and then the rewards were taken away were no longer interested in the math games, whereas the ones who were never given a reward, their interests remained constant in the math games. So knowing that and knowing what pure extrinsic motivation does, the reward or the carrot to do things, especially in a school setting and how that doesn't yield creativity and how that doesn't yield best work and how that doesn't yield interest. The question I have for you today, Bethany, is why is extrinsic motivation our first go-to and what other options do we have? Because motivation is complex and because there's not always going to be intrinsic motivation there to begin with. And so that's what makes it difficult is that intrinsic motivation, that passion, that joy, if it's not instantly there, it's hard to then get that motivation. Whereas a gold star or candy or money is instant. Sure. Right. And so sometimes it's the easy thing. And sometimes it's the, the clearest thing we can think of. How do you get a child when you're trying to have them learn to maybe when they're learning to read, that's really difficult, especially early on. And so how do you get a child to sit down with you for 20 minutes or whatever and start learning to read and making these words? And as you watch them, you can feel how hard it is for these kids. And so I think it's our natural instinct to think they're not feeling passionate about this, but they can be excited about ice cream when we're done. So I'll tell them if they, if they read, they can get ice cream. And so I think it's one of the easier things to start doing and to use and that we're using it imperfectly you know, to help our children. We're not doing it in a nefarious way to to harm our children. But what we can learn, and as we learn about some of the nuances, I think, of motivation and of extrinsic and intrinsic motivation, is that it's not simply intrinsic motivation or nothing, that if there isn't that intrinsic motivation there that we're stuck, we have to resort to gold stars and ice cream. There's things that we can do to help develop that intrinsic motivation and turn that motivation inward. And so I think that's why it's important to learn a little bit. Of, I mean, motivation, we can spend a whole semester or whole degree program on, but having a basic understanding of it, I think, helps us use it better and motivate our children and ourselves. And if we're leaders in other capacities, I think it's it's a really kind of foundational concept. So one of the things that's complex about motivation is rarely are we motivated by one thing. We imagine we are, that it's the gold stars making kids do something, but it's 
complicated, right? There's lots of things that motivate us, which should actually be comforting also, that it's not one thing that we're doing to either uh, support or hurt our kids with their motivation. When you think about why you go to your job, it's complex. You're, you're there because of your passion. I love teaching. I teach because I'm passionate about it. I'm intrinsically motivated, but not always. There are those times and man, if I could just clock out and leave. But you know, sometimes that paycheck is what keeps me going. Probably most of the time the paycheck is, but that combined with my passion. So that's an example of how it's complex. And adding to that complexity is that it's really more than just being intrinsically or extrinsically motivated. It's more than whether it's just joy that drives us or something outside of us that drives us. It's what's driving us more specifically to reach our goals or to complete tasks. So beyond extrinsic motivation and intrinsic motivation, there's also external rewards and internal rewards that are driving us towards our goals. So in if we're driven externally, it means that what's driving us is coming from outside of us. It's something that's not inside of us. If we're driven internally, then it's something inside of us that's driving us to keep going, to keep trying and to be motivated. And that might sound the same as intrinsic and extrinsic motivation, but I think an example is the easiest way to kind of show how that works. So intrinsic motivation, if you're intrinsically motivated, automatically you are driven internally. It's something inside of you. It's that passion and that joy that is driving you. But if you're extrinsically motivated, you can actually be driven internally or externally for your extrinsic motivation. So let's say that I need to learn my multiplication tables because I know I need that to go to college, right? Going to college is what's motivating me. That is my extrinsic motivator. That I'm not learning my multiplication tables because, wow, in my heart and soul, I have a passion for three times four, right? Instead, <laughs> I am my passion or my reason is because of college. So that's extrinsic motivation. Now, I can have that extrinsic motivation. So that's my extrinsic motivation is going to college. But now the question is, what's driving me about going to college? If I have a passion to go to college because it's going to let me become an astronaut one day, and I am just so excited, that is in my heart and soul, something I want to do, then I am internally driven to learn my timetables and go to college and become an astronaut. So that college is an extrinsic motivator. But man, it is inside of me. It is internal because I am, that is my deepest goal. Um, but now if I am motivated to go to college because my parents say I have to, and my parents say, you're going to go to college and be an astronaut someday, so you have to learn your timetables. Well, I might be learning my timetables to go to college, but man, that reason for going to college, that drive from going to college is not inside of me. It is coming from outside. It's coming from my parents. And so we can see right there, that's, that's very different. So we have extrinsic motivation in both cases, but what's driving us can be something outside of us, our parents telling us what to do, um, societal expectations, or it can be inside of us, which is really, that's a different thing to push through and be persistent when it's really coming from inside of you. Bethany, that's a really interesting point that you brought up. And as I'm thinking about this, what's coming to my mind is choice. The distinguishing factor between being externally motivated but internally driven or externally motivated and being externally driven is is do I want this have I chosen this have I practiced my autonomy in order to do this so your example of going to college because you want to become an astronaut I want to become an astronaut that is in my heart that is going to bring me joy that is my passion right now college is something I have to do to get there so college is something I have to do to become an astronaut, but I'm internally driven to become an astronaut, right? I, I'm choosing the pathway of college in order to reach my future me, right? Whereas 
if I'm choosing college because I'm being forced to be an astronaut, because being an astronaut is what you do in our family, or because society expects me to be an astronaut, then I'm extrinsically motivated and I'm also extrinsically driven. And that's, that's exactly right. And when we look at the different types, we actually have four different types of extrinsic motivation. When we look at those types, the really the distinguishing factor between them is autonomy. It's really on a scale from low autonomy to high autonomy. And autonomy is a person's ability to be self-directed and to feel a sense of control over their lives. And it's huge. It's another one of those things, just like there's a lot of benefits for being internally motivated and intrinsically motivated. There's a lot of benefits of autonomy beyond motivation. As we develop autonomy in our children, it supports their independence, their interdependence, their critical thinking, their problem-solving skills, um, as we're going to see as we talk about increased motivation, more uh, self-esteem in kids who have more autonomy. It helps kids feel more comfortable with who they are. They're comfortable in their own skin. They tend to be more engaged in school. There's lower levels of depression. So we want autonomy. And uh, when you look at the different types of extrinsic motivation, it ranges from motivation that is low autonomy for the child. They have low control. It's coming from outside of them. Um, low control for the child, high control for the parent, whoever is doing the motivating to the other end of the spectrum where it's really high autonomy. It's the child being able to make those choices and it's driving the child. And I don't know if you want technical terms, but the four types of autonomy, I think it's interesting, uh, or the four types of extrinsic motivation, because uh, it gives you a sense of maybe how as a parent we can be supporting and using these different types of extrinsic motivation to help our children. The, the low autonomy end of the scale is external regulation, which makes sense. The regulation isn't their own self-control and desire. It's outside. It's low autonomy, high control of the parent or the teacher, whoever's doing the motivating. And that child is doing something for the pure motivation of um, a reward or a demand. The parent says you have to do it. So there, or you'll get a gold star. Um, this is, you know, if you go to college, then you can still live here and use the car. And sure. it's okay. You go to college. That's your motivation. And then we move up. It's still low autonomy, but slightly less is, or slightly more autonomy is interjected regulation. And this is where the child doesn't fully buy into it, but they feel it enough that they're willing to go along with it. So these are kids that do piano but they're not feeling the passion, but they don't want to look dumb at the recital. So it's, it's in them a little bit, right? They, they feel sure. pressure. Um, they go to college because they feel like you're supposed to go to college, right? Sure. Just doing it because you don't want to feel bad about it or feel bad about yourself sure. or self-perception. Uh, then we move up slightly more autonomy is regulation through identification. And so this is where there's less control from outside of us, and it's starting to come inside of us now and you value a certain goal. You believe that what you're doing is important. So you're not doing it just because you should do it. You're not just going to college because you think you should go to college, but because it's your personal goal to go to college. And that's great. Like, we want our kids to feel this, right? To feel like this is something that, that's coming from inside of them. But there's even another level beyond that that's called um, integrated regulation. So now it's not just something that the child themselves wants to do but the child has internalized it so deeply, it's a part of their own values. It's a part of who they are. So maybe when we talk about going to, ch to college now, it's this child who has internalized the value of, I believe in learning and I love learning and I think I should pursue as much education as I can. And it is part of their very values. 
And in some research, they actually refer, refer to this type of extrinsic motivation as intrinsic motivation because they've internalized these values so deeply. And so we can see here how easy it is. A lot of the time when we talk about extrinsic motivation and when we say intrinsic is good and extrinsic is bad, we're simplifying because we're comparing intrinsic, this pure joy and love of learning, to extrinsic, often external regulation type of extrinsic, the gold stars, the stickers, the dollar for every A, those kinds of things. But as we increase the autonomy in their motivation, we can have extrinsic motivation. Most of us as, as guides, as teachers, as parents, as employees, we have extrinsic motivation that helps keep us going and persistent. But we're hoping that that extrinsic motivation is within us and driving like us on a spectrum, deeper right? level. You have intrinsic motivation on one end where you do something for the pure joy of it. And then you have extrinsic on the other end, which is what you talked about with external regulation where there's really high control and low autonomy, you're going to be an astronaut because that's what you need to do. But see, there's this place in the middle where external regulation moves into internal. I'm sorry. There's this place in the middle where extrinsic motivation turns into intrinsic motivation. And it's this, this place called integrated regulation, which I know sounds like a lot of words to some of you. You're probably like, oh, I need a pencil and paper to take notes on this. <laughs> um, but this idea of it's when um, it's when all of a sudden what I'm what I have to do becomes what I want to do because I believe in the value of learning. I believe in the value of my college experience. And even though I don't see these times tables as joyous and wonderful, I'm not naturally driven to these timetables. I'm going to do them because I'm reaching for my future me, which is what we talk about in Prenda. It's believing in your heart that the choices you make today will get you to that long-term goal that you have, that vision that you have in your mind. That's exactly right. And it makes me excited thinking about it. That, that's part of why I think it's important to talk about it beyond some of the basic, you know, Google search results of avoid extrinsic motivation. And in many ways, yes, we should. And we should definitely be striving for in intrinsic motivation and developing that. There's things we can do that I'll mention a little bit, how we can develop that intrinsic motivation. But knowing that it's okay that our children aren't always intrinsically motivated, I think relieves some pressure and makes it a little bit more attainable. When I try and teach my son his multiplication tables, which there's a reason I keep bringing up multiplication tables because he does not like them. He loves word problems. He loves everything else. But those stinking timetables, he is not intrinsically motivated. And as much as I try, I can't develop a passion for times tables on their own. And I think as a parent, initially, when I think I need to avoid extrinsic motivation, I don't want to give him gold stars for this, but I can't make him love them. I can start to kind of want to throw up my hands and just be like, I can't do this. Or this is so unrealistic. I don't believe in it anymore. Right. Sometimes we go to that extreme where it's just I can't do it. I don't see how it's possible. So there's obviously something flawed about this idea. So sure. knowing that there's things we can do to support extrinsic motivation when that intrinsic motivation isn't there to me makes it feel like something I can do. And there are specific steps I can take then to help support my child without necessarily instantly going towards, you know, a piece of candy for every math fact he knows. Right. Um, not that there's never a time maybe to do an M&M for a certain behavior. There are times and there's, again, whole degree programs where you learn about how to use rewards and 
and things like that to change behavior. But for a lot of learning, we obviously want to try and go beyond, you know, we want our kids to grow up to be adults who do things that need to get done without someone standing over them with a carrot or a stick, right? And so now is a great time for us to be practicing and developing those, those so kind of human beings. So if they're not internally motivated, in Prenda, we teach that you could start with something they're interested in. This is all under the Choosing Motivations course and our skills course. You could start with something they're interested in. You could initiate some collaborations where you lead forth and model what it's like to be curious and excited about learning. We talk about this importance of developing strong connections with our students where we're proactively connecting with them. We're interested in their lives and who they are and what they like to do. That that's, that's really important and draws students to you. Their hearts are drawn to you and their strong connection in that way. And we also teach to make it relevant, to explain the why do I need to do this? And that's why the future me language in Prenda is so critical. So in your experience, if I am with a student who does not want to do their multiplication tables, how can I meet that student where they're at? And how can I help that student move along that spectrum from extrinsic motivation towards intrinsic motivation? Well, basically, everything the Premda training does, <laughs> does all of these things. And it accomplishes so many more goals even beyond the motivation. But everything you said, so finding good reasons. And as mentioned earlier, one of the problems of external motivation, especially when it's just gold stars, is we ignore the reasons why they're doing something that might be hard or not fun at first. And so talking about those reasons, their their future selves, who they want to become, what they want to do, um, that's important. And some of those reasons might also be values that you have as a family. Um, I was recently reading about the one way of talking about values is having a family mission statement. And so when you have some of those values as a family that you talk about, um, doing hard things, right? Persistence, those kinds of things. Those are reasons that they'll do it. So they might not be doing timetables because they love timetables, but you might get them to do timetables because they see themselves as someone who can do hard things. Another thing, you talked about relationships, and that's huge in motivation and in different ways. So supporting relationships between peers, so children working with other kids might be interested in learning or just working together, that can motivate children to do things that they might not do on their own. Um, I know my son was playing a math game with a friend, and that got him excited to do it. He was willing to do it then, so it was kind of a slightly different motivation. Working with people who are passionate, with mentors, with teams, with other professionals, people who are doing what your child might want to do. So I teach statistics and a lot of students are not internally <laughs> intrinsically <laughs> driven to learn statistics, but I have colleagues and other professionals that I know that love what they're doing and they're using it to solve real world problems, right? They're addressing homelessness, they're addressing poverty, they're um, at helping kids to be successful in school and they use statistics to do that. And so I have my students listen to these people who are passionate and they sometimes even serve as mentors for them and that's motivating to my students. That makes them willing to learn how to do a t-test because now they can see what it will do for them. And so that's the same for our children. When they talk to the astronaut or whatever, that can help remind them what they're doing. But then beyond relationships kind of with peers or with um, motivating individuals, our relationships with our kids is important. Them feeling valued by us, them feeling heard by us, having that connection, having open communication, 
that's helping us communicate values back and forth. That helps us understand what our children value because they value their own things. They have their own goals and we can't just force upon them. We don't want to be those controlling, low autonomy guys. We need to listen to them, though, to know how to make that how to get what they're what they're it's, aiming for it's, it goes back to the basic skills of collaborative problem solving and empathy which again is in our skills course sorry i feel kind of like a, a broken record here but it's uh this this skill where it begins with empathy which is deep listening we're listening with our ears but we're also listening with our hearts we're really trying to take the perspective of the other person because as adults we tend to to believe that what we see is truth and our perspective is the right way but there's another person in that equation who sees things from a different perspective. And when we can come together with our students as co-collaborators and, and talk about each other's perspectives, then we can actually really um, arrive on what the, the problem is, if there is a problem, and then we can come towards a solution together when there is that deep understanding. So it's this idea of, of collaborative problem solving based on empathy that there's, there's deep understanding with each other. Exactly. And then also by doing that, by listening to them and having empathy, they're also hearing us as we have opportunities to talk and bring things up. And um, those deep relationships help us communicate, again, those values, those things that, that we believe and strive for. I mean, they found that teens that have close family relationships are less likely to do risk-taking behaviors, you know, things like, like drug use. And so this all is interconnected, that as we communicate those values, as we help them develop internal, those deep internal values that drive them towards whatever's motivating them, we're having more positive relationships and outcomes. I know another thing that Trenda talks about is getting in that learning frontier, making sure that you're in the zone of proximal development for kids, that you're giving them work that challenges them, but is achievable. So making sure that the task that they're working on that you're trying to motivate them to do is just at that perfect level. If it's too easy, kids lose interest and it's they're not going to keep going. They're not going to be persistent. But if it's too hard, if they or at least if they believe it's too hard, a lot of it's perception, then they're not they're going to give up before we even start. And so making sure that we give them challenges that they can succeed at with our support as it's needed, that's important. And that's tied into also helping children feel confident as they're able to succeed, whether it takes small bits. This is so personalized. That's a great thing about being able to teach our children is that we can be personalized to what they can do and what we know they can do with our help. And as they do that, as they accomplish things that they think are hard, as they learn four times three, they start to realize they're confident, which feeling confident that's huge. And you celebrate those steps along the way. And part of that also then relates to feedback, making sure we're giving appropriate feedback to our children as they're learning, as they're tackling new challenges, giving them appropriate praise for the process of what they're accomplishing, not saying you're smart, not saying, oh, you look, you got a trophy for what you did, but saying, wow, I am so impressed by how hard you tried. I could see that that was, you know, you wanted to stop for a little bit, but you kept going praising that process so it's not on the outcome it's on their their process that's motivating and you guys that is what we teach with energizing greatness which is another skill going back to those basic skills bethany has touched on 
I think every skill in our basic skills course, she's touched on the importance of autonomy. She's touched on motivation. She's touched on connection and relationships and collaborative problem solving. And now this idea of energizing greatness, which in one minute, the reason why energizing greatness is is a skill that we teach in Prenda is, is that it's interesting how we often think we do this, but we don't, where we intentionally notice the greatness in our students. And so energizing greatness is saying, hey, I really see how you took your time to do that. Or, hey, I really see how you deep dived into that study on Grecian art. And you taught me so many things I didn't even know, like this, 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 and this. Or I really saw you trying to form your letters well, even though writing isn't one of your favorite things to do. And so going back to what Bethany said, energizing greatness is praising the process. It's, it's giving them praise that they can do something with. And I can't think of anything more intrinsically motivating than this idea that I am with someone who is intentionally trying to see my greatness and who's trying to get me to notice that I am already great and that I'm going to do great things with my and life. And that's one of those deep values, right? As we communicate right. that to our children, it carries through in so many ways. When you look at, so these few steps, which are all, like you said, these are all the Prenda values underlie basically everything. When I think of any topic about how to raise successful, happy children and create successful, happy adults, these Prenda values do it. And I like I think all of these touch on them, finding good reasons for what they're doing, the learning frontier, quality feedback, having quality relationships with our children that we work with, helping children feel competent, developing their autonomy, um, helping them feel, helping develop their self-efficacy, giving them positive motivation, all of these things not only increases their motivation and their persistence and their willingness to keep trying as they learn and wanting to do that on their own, but it gives us all the other positive benefits that we saw in terms of higher self-esteem and they're not deterred by challenges and they're committed and they tend to have more interest in activities that they're excited to pursue. And we can do all of these things even if they don't start out inherently joyful about every single aspect of school. And so I think that's what's exciting is that we can use these things to not just motivate our children, but it goes beyond that. As we develop motivation, we're developing all these other qualities and skills in our children that I think every parent and every guide would want to see in them. Wow, Bethany, what a treasure trove of things we discussed today. Thank you so much for being here. And if any of you guys have questions regarding anything Bethany has said, she has said that you can reach out to her in the Prenda Family Slack channel. And if you're not on that channel, you can contact her via email. We'll have that email provided in the description below. Also, if you are interested in hopping onto this awesome skills course and learning these skills that we discussed today, anyone is welcome. The link to the skills course can also be found in the episode description as well. And to wrap up this episode today, I just want to remind everybody about our lunch and chat that happens every Thursday at 12 p.m. Arizona time. It's a time where you can come and discuss the things you've heard on this podcast with other Prenda Family Guides. So don't forget to do that. And until next time, keep empowering.